Hi, I'm Jamie Winkup. Hi, I'm Dick Johnson. Hi, I'm Garth Tander. You're listening to the V8 Insiders. It's your weekly dose of V8 news on the V8 Insiders. Now here's your host, Craig Revell. The season starts Friday. It's difficult mentally and physically, and um, it's it's probably the biggest challenge for the driver throughout the year to um, you know to, to put up with the heat. Um, the conditions in the car are, are absolutely extreme. Johnny Reed takes the final seat at DJR. You know, and we look at the power gap between the new and the old today as the lights go out on another edition of the V8 Insiders. You've taken the V8 to the races. you watch the action on TV. Now read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. This news update is brought to you by V8X Magazine. Log on to the official V8X Magazine Facebook page for your chance to win some great prizes. Hi, this is Will Davison from the Pepsi Max crew for Performance Racing, and you are listening to the V8 Insiders. Here's the news brought to you by Nobrac Carbon Fibre Products. Check out their entire range today online at nobrac.com.au. The wait is almost over. The 2013 new generation of V8 supercars hits the streets of Adelaide on Friday. And the new manufacturers will look to make a stand to break the Ford and Holden category wide open. It'll not be easy, as both Nissan and Erebus have had their engines dynoed and have been found low on horsepower compared to the Fords and Holdens. I mean, everyone's in the same boat, but probably more so for... Um, for Erebus and Irwin Racing, we've got a brand new engine. Um, you know, all the other manufacturers have sort of had an engine for a while now. So um, it, it, we just want to finish the race, get some miles on these cars and um, test its, its capabilities. With neither Nissan nor Erebus being given any special compensation to address the differences. Teams will continue to work on their power plants with a number of upgrades expected to be introduced during the early part of the season. Stephen Johnson has stepped down from the main game to become the general manager of Dick Johnson Racing. This announcement has come on the back of DJR signing two new sponsors, Wilson Security and Advam, both companies in the physical security industry. In his vacant seat, New Zealand driver Johnny Reed has been given his main game debut. We spoke to Reed about finally arriving in the V8 supercars. A dream for me, and uh, you know, for a lot of people um, in the background over the many years I've been involved in motorsport, from single seater days right through the Porsche career days, um, it's been a number of people to thank to, for helping me get to this point in my career, and you know, I'm, I'm really grateful for that. You can hear more from Reed in this week's extended white flag lap. The Sydney 500 will be held one week later than scheduled with the V8 Supercars announcing the event will be on the 6th to the 8th of December. The change provides a week's break between Phillip Island and the finale in Sydney.
The Gold Coast will no longer be an international co-driver event, with V8 Supercars announcing that this year's, the final in the contract, will see the commencement of the Endurance Cup, with Sandown Bathurst and the Gold Coast all part of the championship within a championship. This now opens the opportunities for drivers like Briscoe, Salo, Clean and others to compete in all three events, which over the past few seasons was restricted to either the two Enduros or the Gold Coast event if you were an international. This may also open up the co-driver market, which had seen Triple Eight and GRM get on the front foot early, locking down their Bathurst and Sandown drivers before the change was announced. And finally, Craig Lowndes has been awarded the Peter Brock Medal. Announced this week, Lowndes has been recognised for his ongoing commitment to motorsport and safe motoring. He will receive the award at a presentation on March 16 in Melbourne during the Grand Prix week festivities. And that's the news, brought to you by Nobra Carbon Fibre Products. On this week's White Flag Lap, we have a double header, Michael Caruso, and Johnny Reed. I hope you'll stay with us. News on the V8 Insiders is brought to you by the official V8X Magazine Facebook page. Sign up and keep in touch with V8 Supercars. Controversy Corner is next when we return with more on the V8 Insiders. You've taken the V8 to the races. You've watched the action on TV. Now read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing. V8 Supercars, showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers. V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. Hi, I'm Craig Lance. You're listening to V8 Insiders. Welcome back to the V8 Insiders. Joining us this week from V8 Vision and, of course, Fox Sport News, it's Ben Beasley. Good evening, Ben. Hey, Craig. How are you going? I'm doing very well, as is Peter Norton, I'm sure, as you get set for the first race of the year. Good day, uh, gentlemen. I can't wait. I've got the bags packed and very keen to get there. It'll be my 12th year of going there, and it's funny, it's still the excitement of uh, just as much as going there the first time. I guess, Ben, this year with the new generation cars all being rolled out, it has got that special feel about it. It certainly does. And I think people who either would have attended or at least seen pictures or vision from the test day really showed that there really is excitement this year. Two new manufacturers and also Holden with a brand new model. You know, everything looks fresh and, and really exciting. It's the cars, the two new cars sound different. And even with the the car of the future, I, I think, has just really brought in a whole new level of, of excitement, which, you know, quite frankly, otherwise, the sport, you know, I don't think we'd be excited this time, of, this, year, this time of year, this time. It's always difficult, Peter, because every year it gets built up, built up, built up, and Clipsal normally is a good race, and then you let down because you have that wait till the next thing, and in this case, it's a wait to the non-championship round in, in Melbourne. Well, thankfully, the wait isn't that long. What's really struck me this year uh, during the off-season is, is the amount of interest, the amount of chatter amongst people who are not V8 supercar diehards, but they're aware of the Nissan. They're aware of the Mercedes. You know, they're very keen to, to look and hear the, the AMG. Um, it's a level of interest I haven't seen for quite a few years. Ben, have you noticed that uh, editors want the vision more because now 
it's not just Ford and Holden? Yeah, and I think one of the, the prime examples of that was, was the Erebus Mercedes launch. You wouldn't have thought prior to that day, from a pure, I guess, media or, or fan point of view, that the Red Bull launch could be upstaged, but it was. And that was because this, you know, is the Australian V8 Supercar Series and Mercedes were getting involved. You know, it's just such a different way of doing things. And even the way that Betty Clemenko has set up that whole operation is completely different to, I think even V8 Supercars thought it was all going to roll out. Mm. Well, it is interesting to see what announcements are being made this week. Of course, we have Casey Stoner on Thursday and the hoopla with that. And I, I imagine that there's a few people that are going, is any Casey Stoner announcement going to surpass any other announcement made in the week, Ben? No, I think this is going to be the biggest story of the whole Clips for 500 is Casey Stoner. We've got all these new cars and all that sort of stuff, but this guy and who he is and what he represents in terms of widespread appeal, I, I think... Again, if you're going to talk about the true V8 supercar enthusiasts, they're probably going to go, oh, you know, the, the guy's still got to do this and that to prove it. But outside of that, you know, Casey Stoner, you know, you, you have to be an unbelievably talented person to be the best at MotoGP. And there's a high expectation on him. He's trying to play that down for the, in the first instance. But he's, he wants to be, you know, one of the kings of this sport. And to him come out presentation of what this car is going to look like um and, and again in the dunlop series man it's just given that whole championship a, a massive boost it's it's going to be uh probably when he appears again in the series it's going to be races where the dunlop series is probably almost going to garner more mainstream coverage than the v8 supercar championship itself and peter that's critical we've talked about it on the show before but this year's dunlop series with all of last year's cars, or not all of them, but a, a goodly proportion of last year's cars moving into that series. The, the series has never been as well presented. Sponsorship-wise, it's up. And numbers-wise, it's up. And then you add to it a MotoGP champion. And, of course, he's coming into Adelaide on a win in his last outing because he won at Phillip Island. Yes, um, all the making is an, an ingredient of a great story. Um, I'm hoping that uh, it all comes together and, and it, it bakes something that's really quite tasty. Um, I do have some, I guess, hesitations going back many years. That the development series, you know, it really was for the uh, the people with a, a very low budget. They could get in and develop themselves and you know, get themselves known, and it'd be more of a progression. Um, lifting of the professionalism of the front half of the uh, the Dunlop field, it, it sort of it grows the gap, it widens the gap for some of these uh, youngsters trying to, to get a start. Now, um, I mean, that's a, a problem that motorsports had for many years, and I think that uh, at least that the raising the profile and the professionalism of it all uh, means that if a youngster can get noticed in that series, it gives them a much better chance then of taking the next steps because the, they'll have done well in a series that had profile. The Dunlop series, whilst we talk about it, is quite interesting though, Ben, because two guys, Nick Perkett and Chas Mosert, who were the heir apparent to drives in the main game, are the two that are still there. Pi and McLaughlin are the ones that got got moved up. Yeah, well, well, actually, Nick Perkett's going to Carrera Cup this year, so he's yeah. he's he's made a change in that direction. Uh, he's really been groomed, of you know, as the person probably to take over from Russell Ingle within the the um, the HRT group. So 
he's going to do career cut, which is a little bit different, but I suppose he'll still appear in some sort of capacity within the Walkinshaw group around the enduro time. Um, Mostert, from all accounts, was sort of set to go and drive the number nine car, you know, at Erebus. His name was linked there. His name was linked in the 18 Charlie Schwarkolt car. Um, but at the end of the day, they, you know, Erebus uh, couldn't do a deal with FBR to loan him off there. And that's probably really what's happened with these two young guys is that they're actually being locked in to main teams, but the main teams couldn't give them the opportunity this year. So that's just sort of how, how it's rolled out. But come enduro time, you know, as Nick Burkett showed two years ago, go up to Bathurst for your first time and win the biggest race in the country. Pretty special. Mm. Of course, the cloud that has been sitting over this, Peter, is the future of Dick Johnson racing. And uh, we've seen now no Johnson in V8 supercars. That's a first. And we've seen Johnny Reed, the New Zealander, getting the last main game drive. Yes, a little bit of a bittersweet outcome there. Uh, A bit sad that uh, Junior Johnson isn't uh, going to be racing. Um, but the, the sweet part is, of course, that that team has uh, avoided collapse. Um, the finances obviously were very tight, and uh, it's now looking much better for uh, for this season for them. Um, it's only a couple of weeks ago we didn't even think we'd see one car uh, from that team at the test day, and we were questioning whether they'd turn up at Adelaide at all. Um, so I think it is a, a step in the right direction, and, uh, well, it allows uh, Stephen to continue his evolution uh, from driving into being the, uh, you know, the, the general manager of the team uh, and take that on as a business sense, and that will keep the team and the, the name alive in the sport at least. Now, Ben, Brad Jones must be scratching his head because Wilson Security and Advam were both destined, well, are both on his cars. Andrew Jones, Dunlop Series car for Advam, and uh, for the uh, main game, it's David Wall's main game car you must be scratching your head going well they could have just given me more money <laughs> but I, I knowing the attention that those cars will get because of the dick johnson name and i guess the current situation it's if you you're trying to get um some coverage uh for your brands and looking like you're doing the right thing not just for your brands but i guess for for the sport that's where that decision did come in um yeah, it, it, it's a tough one, you know. It, it just really seems almost unbelievable that Dick Johnson can go through this every couple of years and, and come out the other side. And uh, for a guy who's got the oldest team in the sport, very successful team, just that, uh, that the way that the sport has evolved and changed, in, in some respects they were the leaders, but now they're, you know, they're, they're just tr- trying to get enough money to get on the grid each year. You know, something's really got to bust out there and and give themselves some long-term stability. And in the last five years, this is the only team that's beaten Triple Eight. That's even more remarkable. It, it is. I mean, um, you know, for whatever reason that um, there was a partnership there with Charlie Schwarkolt and that, that dissolved. And, and then really since that time, it, it, it has been more of a battle for, for um, the Dick Johnson racing operation. Even to a point, you know, last year they were running four cars... And they've got the facility, they've got that, but, uh, you know, uh, at the end of the day, you know, you've got to also have all the ingredients, not just 80% of them to be successful in mm. this game. And, of course, Charlie coming to the team, Peter, was the, the saviour last uh, last time they were really uh, at rock bottom. Um, yeah, I think it was a combination of, of many things that uh, created the magic. Um, you know, Charlie was there to, 
in a financial sense and no doubt contributing to the management. Uh, we also had uh, Adrian Burgess as the, the team manager, uh, making the, the team run much better in the workshop and also uh, race weekends. And James Courtney was the talent that uh, piloted it to the championship. Um, it's a pretty unique combination there that created all of that. And I think in the years since, it's proven how much of uh, performance-based the, the business is. If you're winning, then you get more support. Uh, if you're not winning, if, if you have four cars, um, you know, customers need to decide where to put their money. And if you're not getting the speed on the track, um, the resources will go somewhere else. Mm. Um, and it's, sometimes it's really hard to turn that around because you need the uh, financial support to be able to go faster, which gives you more financial support. Uh, so it's a tricky one, and uh, it's hoped that they can get some results with the uh, two cars this year to start to rebuild their fortunes more, more properly. We need to take a break here on the V8 Insiders. Plenty more when we return. You've taken the V8 to the races. you watch the action on TV. Now read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Hi, I'm Alex Prema from the Fujitsu GRM team and you are listening to the V8 Insider. Welcome back to the V8 Insiders. Joining me, Peter Norton and Ben Beasley. And guys, a couple of other things that have hit the radar this week has been the race date change, Ben, of the Sydney 500. Good news for the teams is that gives them a week's break between Phillip Island. The interesting thing is the reason. Yeah, um, a rock concert that was booked at a venue. I would have thought everyone would have had certain things ticked off. You know, if you got a venue in the middle of a, a racetrack, being ANZ Stadium, that they would have obviously either known or been told that they couldn't have an event on that weekend. But they have moved it. Um, the thing is, you know, the season just goes for another week longer and you're into the second week of December, which just, you know, coming out of the back end of um, where, where is it going to start ne- um, the following year. The funny thing is that, yes, it gives them a week's break, from what was supposed to be back-to-back weekend with Phillip Island, but the previous race in Abu Dhabi is not being run. So now you've kind of got this, I think, four at least four-week stretch between what is the Gold Coast event and then Phillip Island. So it doesn't tighten up at the end of the year. And I, 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 I've got a real problem with that because I think if you want to keep the momentum going and the interest and the drama, you really need to probably have those last, say, three events almost in consecutive weeks because it builds and builds and then you get this big break. And then there's another race. And then there's another two weeks, and we're finally at the final race. You know, it, it doesn't just get that sort of finals feeling like, say, you get in the, in the month of September with, with the football coach. But, Peter, you were quite adamant that even with going to Abu Dhabi last year, it still killed the momentum coming off what was a fantastic Sandown, Bathurst and Gold Coast trifecta. It seems to happen most years. Um, Bathurst obviously is the, the pinnacle of media interest in the sport um, many years they've been able to carry that on at the Gold Coast with all sorts of drama and uh, spectacle there but typically it does ease off uh, for a couple of weeks uh, and then builds to the, uh, the, the grand final um, but this year it's actually a bit embarrassing isn't it 
Um, embarrassing for V8 supercars that they've now got um, uh, you know, a round that they had to cancel and now one that gets bumped. And it's, well, it's farcical that the venue was double booked, and but it leads to more questions about the priority placed on the, the V8 round at Homebush. Um, you know, why doesn't it take precedence over the concert? Why doesn't the concert move dates? Well, I, you know, and I also think, you know, they used to have rock concerts in ANZ Stadium, so I think as the venue there, they're quite happy. Hey, yeah, V8's in town, somebody comes and books our venue. End of the day, these are all commercial ventures. And, you know, somebody's going to come and book, you know, what is, you know, for a rock concert, I reckon at least 70 or 80,000 people. They don't say no because it's such a massive income earner for them. Just because there's a race outside your front gate, I guess that's where they say, why is that our problem? So concert promoter wants to come in and fill up their stadium and, and pay the coin, you know, as a business, ANZ Stadium has to say yes. Mm. And, and, of course, they can quite easily say, well, you can always have other exits and you can make other ways for people to get to ANZ Stadium without seeing the race. So perhaps there was an opportunity for uh, Archer Capital to save a bit of money by uh, getting some sort of compensation to move a week. And we haven't really uh, discussed that aspect of it because we do know V8 Supercars is in save, save, save mode. And uh, it's interesting to see just where the cuts are coming. Guys, we need to talk about the Endurance Cup. And we mentioned before about the momentum that's built up by Sandown, Bathurst and Gold Coast. But no international drivers this year at the Gold Coast. And, Peter, it's going to be a three-race Faux championship in a championship. It sort of goes back a few years, doesn't it, where the there was a, a separate uh, manufacturer's endurance uh, championship, separate from the sprint rounds. Um, so the, the heritage-minded of us, uh, uh, I think, can see the, the merit of that. Um, whether it's really embraced by media and the public, um, I'm, I'm not so sure. Um, you know, it's a, a championship within a championship. Uh, I don't think it's such a big deal. Ben, is this better than the Grand Slam? Uh, yeah, I think it is. I think the big bonus is going to come for fans who go to Sandown and Bathurst and see the best drivers potentially in the world coming to these races. I think that was the thing that was really lost in this whole idea of the international thing at the Gold Coast was that, um, you know, I think these guys all in their own minds would have loved to have done Bathurst and now they have that opportunity. It, look, it will be tough to find, say, an international driver who will have a schedule, a hole in their schedule to do Sandown, Bathurst and the Gold Coast and potentially have a day's testing. You know, that will be quite tough, but there's some guys out there who, you know, will be able to do it. And uh, then it also presents the opportunity for, you know, we talk about some young drivers who might then get drafted in and have the opportunity to win three of the biggest races of the year and, and, and um, really kickstart their careers. I think um, the I've enjoyed seeing all these international drivers on the Gold Coast but it just hasn't I, I don't think it hasn't worked is not the right way, I just don't think they've promoted it correctly, you know, who are these guys what do they do, what do they represent you know, there's some, some great names out there but um, you know I, I guess when you bring 28 of them out all at once it's, you know, who, who are the headline acts who aren't the headline acts mm. Guys, who's going to win at Clipsall this weekend could we see a new manufacturer, Ben? It would, uh, to be fair, I think you'd be very, very... They'd need to be very, very lucky. They'd need a lot of luck on their side. I, I think both men, both Nissan and, and Mercedes 
uh, AMG, the Erebus team, have said, we just need to get through this weekend. They've still got so much to learn with their cars. They're both claiming that they're not getting the power numbers out of their engines yet. <laughs> it's fair to say that they're at the very start of their development cycle. Even though everyone's in new cars and it's probably going to even the field a little bit more, I think really, uh, I, I believe probably full performance racing of the team who are probably going to be very, very strong. Triple eight, as always. But I think uh, the real sleepers, and they showed it at the testing day, and they have the ability, and they've got two drivers who have now been in the mould for a couple of years within the organisation, is the Brad Jones team. Jason Bright and Fabian Coulthard are both good drivers, and Fabian is, is due for a good result. You know, they could just go around all weekend. Then prior to the weekend, they got a little bit of attention out of their speed at the test day. But you know, they're not going to grab a lot of headlines until the race starts, and I think they will grab some headlines. Mm. Peter? Um, the Brad Jones Racing uh, combination is an intriguing one, isn't it? Um, it's a team that's had a lot of stability across the off-season. Uh, everyone uh, knows their role, and they've been working together for a couple of years now, so it's got a lot of the boxes ticked. Uh, FPR, um, they were nowhere at the test day. Was it a bit of sandbagging, or are they really having some problems? That one's very hard to pick. Uh, Red Bull Racing, we know that uh, they were at the pointy end for the test day. We know that they've got the, the, the experience and the heritage and professionalism. Uh, they're going to be hard to beat. Um, as boring as it may sound, I think I'll have to pick Jamie Winkup. All right. Well, it's going to be interesting days ahead. Hope you both enjoy Adelaide and uh, the Clipsal 500. Look forward to catching up with you there. Adelaide Alive. The white flag lap is up next here. It's a double header with Michael Caruso and Johnny Reid. I hope you stay with us. To ask a question of the V8 Insiders, just email them at v8insiders at sportradio.com.au. Stay tuned for more. You've taken the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 supercar coverage. Out now. Hi, I'm Jonathan Webb from Techno Autosports, and you're listening to V8 Insiders. On this week's Fujitsu White Flag Lab, Michael Caruso talks about the joining of Nissan compared to where he was at Gary Rogers Motorsport. Uh, look, it's it's quite the, the other end of the spectrum, to be honest. So uh, obviously being aligned with the factory is uh, is pretty pretty unreal and eye-opening for myself and uh, everyone at Nissan Motorsport has uh, been, you know, brilliant and their, their facility they have to work in is... Um, this is just absolutely world class, and uh, you know we have you know over 70 people working in our team, so it's um, it's quite a quite a big operation, new faces, um, new people to get to understand as well, and and obviously with Norton 360, a new sponsor to work with, and um, you know they've welcomed me in with open hands, so it's uh, it's good, very very good time, and and obviously I'm I'm looking forward to um, you know the whole year, and and the program's so much bigger, so I can't wait to actually get a hold of my own car. 70 people, mate. Have you learned all the names yet? No, no, I haven't, unfortunately. <laughs> it's, um, I'm, I'm giving everyone my own nickname at the moment because that's the only way I'm you know, keeping up with it. So, no, it's um, a lot of blokes and, and everyone's been really busy and, and particularly, you know, Car of the Future program has um, been busy for everyone but uh, clearly at our team to have a, a, a car that 
it's not even on the road at the moment in the new Nissan Altima. It's um, it's quite unique to be racing a car that you don't you can't buy it. What have you thought about the look of the other cars? Um, yeah, there's some interesting looking cars and um, and new paint schemes as well, new sponsors, so um, some new colours out there, which is pretty cool to see. And uh, I think that um, you know the fans will have. Uh, have a field day, you know, taking some photos and, um, you know, meeting some of the new drivers and all that. It's going to be a big response when you get to Clipsal too. Oh, look, we're uh, we're pumped to get down there and, and every year at the Clipsal 500 they do a, you know, a brilliant job at uh, making it bigger and better and, you know, it's been over 10 years now, or maybe even 15, that we've been going there and they seem to... Uh, keep topping themselves each year which is uh which is great to see well michael we'll look forward to seeing you back down there in clipsal thank you very much for johnny reed he steps up into the main game i congratulated him on the move and it's one that he's not ignorant to the difficulties at dick johnson racing yeah for sure and uh what an exciting part to be uh you know a role to play it's um it's going to be a, a, a huge task and uh for, for a couple of uh you know, unbranded drivers, if you like, in Australian motorsport to, to pull forward. And I'm really looking forward to the challenge and um, and having some great races because I'm sure once we all get up to on get up and on our feet, we'll um, we'll be doing a, a fantastic job. How do you look at the move now and balancing it off with previous years where you've tried to get up? Um, well, look, you know, it, it is really a tough sport to, to break it and you know it, there's a lot of um, financial support that you, you need and you know this time I guess I'm, I'm just very very fortunate that the stars have aligned with with uh, DJR signing me and, and Wilson Security being on board Is there any concern with the way the programs come together so late that you, you're going to be really fighting an uphill battle in the first few rounds? Oh, I, I don't doubt it will be difficult. Um, there's, there's no, no question. Um, I never, never came into uh, supercars even last year as an endurance driver thinking it was going to be easy. But there, there are definitely, um, you know, uh, disadvantages from not being at the test day and, and things like that from Eastern Creek. But you, you can't dwell on that. You know, you, you can't. Um, why would I want to use negativity? I just want to be positive and, and look at what I can bring out of this. I'm in it for the long haul. Um, I want to be in supercars um, for not, not just for one year, but for many years. And, uh, you know, I, I want to have a, a decent crack at, at uh, the championship when uh, when all the all the things, uh, all the stars have aligned and I'm, I'm up to speed, you know. So really, for me, um, there's a whole process to go through and uh, I'm looking forward to the challenge 100% and uh, I've got a great team around me to, to help me do that. Now racing drivers have got their own superstitions you're jumping into car 12, is that a lucky number for you? It's funny you say that because um, you know actually uh, I think I won the Northland County Championships in New Zealand with that number so um, you know I've had a few numbers over my career but there's no real superstition but probably just, just some good memories. My thanks there to Johnny Reid, Michael Caruso, also to Ben Beasley and Peter Norton. As the checkered flag waves over another edition of the V8 Insiders, till next time round, keep smiling and bye for now. Join us next week for more V8 Insiders, only on v8x.com.au.